0: Guys, it's Dr. Cameron Dennis, physical therapist with the Back on Track Running podcast, where we offer up the best solutions to problems that runners face on a daily basis. For more information, please visit backontracktherapy.com or join the Running Injury Support Group on Facebook. Now, let's get to the show. All right, guys. So let's get into it today uh, without wasting any time. So in the running injury support group on Facebook occasionally I will go in and uh, say that I'm going to answer particular questions from the group and so what I'm going to do today is read off who asked the question and just give my best answer for it and for those who don't know I am a running coach I'm a physical therapist um, and a business owner for back on track therapy and wellness so I do online coaching and things like that Um, so that's kinda why I'm doing this but um, since the, uh, Dusty Hill says, uh, since it's been raining here for the last three weeks, I've been forced off the trails and onto the road. The pavement and increased pace that naturally seems to come with road running has made my knees hurt lately. Yeah, Dusty, I would say that's probably a really common thing. Um, so, obviously, when you change surfaces, whether you change from the road to the trails, um, or from the trails to the road or from just even a trail that's fairly flat to a trail that's more technical um, that's gonna put different stresses on different tissues so naturally um, there's gonna be a little bit of uh, uh, adaptation that occurs a little bit of change that your body needs to adapt to so sometimes that can cause things to flare up temporarily but um, I usually recommend a slow progression to those things just like anything else so um, You know, there's only so much that you can do a lot of times, you know, so if you're unable to run on the trails, um, you know, do what you can to maybe decrease your mileage at first when you're on the road um, and slowly increase it again um, as your body adapts. So um, hopefully that helps Uh, if possible in a perfect situation, um, you would try and do a little bit of running on the trails. Um, and a little bit of running on the roads and slowly progress to running on the road if that is something you want to do. Um, but in a situation where you're forced to run on the road, I would just, you know, at first decrease the mileage, decrease the intensity at first, uh, maybe for a week or two until you can uh, allow your body to adapt to that. So hopefully that answers your question, Dusty Hill. And thank you for uh, participating. So Melanie Bychard says, or Bysherd uh, says, great timing I have been to my physio today I haven't been able to run since Chicago Marathon left knee pain mainly lateral Um, all set up to attempt my first run walk this morning and stopped after just 30 seconds as it was too painful Um, nothing abnormal on an ultrasound doc in parentheses doctors say no point in having an MRI as nothing appears to be wrong with my kneecap so I'm not sure what the question is necessarily, but what we can do, let's let's take a look. So you're having left knee pain laterally. It sounds like this has been something that's going on for been going on for a while. Um, I would r- ask your physio, because um, I believe you're from the UK. Um, I would ask them to give you some sort of walk to run program um, if they haven't done so. I know that I have one. Uh, we have one in the running injury support group. Um, from back-on-track therapy that we use so um, if that's something you're interested in let me know but um, you know if it's painful after running just 30 seconds I would say don't force it you know and the other thing would be it just depends on what level of pain you're willing to accept Um, usually I say if the pain lasts longer than um, about 24 hours so if if, say you go into it with pain of one out of ten in that lateral knee um, and then you run and that pain goes up to a five and it stays about a five for about 24 hours following the run i would suggest that maybe you need to um, decrease either the speed or decrease the amount of time that you're doing it Um, if you're already doing um, good with the walking so say you're, you're able to walk slowly or moderate at a moderate pace for 20 to 30 minutes without any problems um, you know, I would say running 30 seconds and then walking then running 30 seconds and then walking, um, that would probably be a good way to sort of get yourself back into it, but make sure that you're keeping the intensity low, um, and communicate all of this to your physical therapist as you're working together with them. Okay. Um, says, she says, uh, physio has booked her for. Four sessions of shockwave therapy told to continue strength training and um, cycling, but no cross training or running. Well, if what are the chances of shockwave therapy getting a good result? Um, and Melanie, I'm not totally sure. Um, I don't really use shockwave therapy. I haven't really seen a lot of that here in the United States, at least around where I'm at, so I wish I could give you a better answer, but... Um, I would say give it a try, you know, give it a try, see if it helps. Um, because, you know, I think as long as you're doing the, the, uh, strength training and the mobility training that's prescribed by your physio, um, anything on top of that, as long as it's not making it worse, um, is going to be beneficial. So give it a try, see how it goes. And, uh, you know maybe let me know how it goes I'm interested to see if it feels any better after having that so um, thanks for leaving your question Melanie Uh, Matthew Schneider or Schneider says suggestions for posterior knee pain non Baker's cyst so Matthew um, it's tough because there are so many structures of the knee Um, if you have not seen a physical therapist I suggest getting in to see one if you have and it was unable to help um, I do have the running um, the resilient runners solution to knee pain which will be coming out here shortly its um, an updated version of the knee pain solution um, and hopefully that's something that might help if not um, I do um, online injury consultations as well so it's the reason I can't really give you any answer Matthew is just because it's it's there's so much information that is needed to really give you a good diagnosis and give you a really good idea for what's going on. Um, I would hate to give you a piece of advice and then be completely wrong and make it worse. So, um, so either of those options might be viable. Um, but if you haven't been into seeing a physio or a physical therapist, I suggest doing so. Um, it's you know, if I could just give you an idea, it's possible that it's just some sort of tendonitis or tendinopathy or muscle strain or irritation just of the um, Either the proximal gastroc, so like the gastrocnemius or the calf muscle, sort of attached up there um, to the posterior knee, um, as well as the hamstrings. So it's possible that it's there. Um, sometimes fluid likes to build up in there, so it doesn't necessarily have to be a Baker's cyst, but there's can be fluids a pocket or pockets of fluid that can build up in there, and sometimes that can lead to pain. So um, just some thoughts, just some theories. Um, hopefully that's helpful Um, thank you for leaving your question there Matthew if you have any other questions feel free to reach out okay Um, Stacy Lint Schofield or Schofield says top of the knees ache a lot Uh, It started when I tweaked my bike fit have worked to get bike fit correct but knees still bother me not while running but before and after Sometimes I'll step wrong and the pain is sharp and shooting for a few days Top of your knees. So when you say top of your knees, I wonder if you mean quadriceps um, It's possible That the fit is still wrong um, with the bike He says it, you say it started when you tweaked your bike fit So it probably has something to do with that if that was the only thing that you really changed So maybe continue to mess around with that um, or maybe tweak it go bring it back to where it was before you were having pain um there are people in this group in the running injury support group that are very good about bike fit um deb slow is really good uh, i think uh kevin de groot um from the triathlon support group is pretty good i'm pretty sure you're in there stacy i'm pretty sure i've seen you in there but uh, i would reach out to them about the bike fit specifically but um I would suggest that that's probably, if that's the only thing that you change, it's probably something that you need to address. Um, if the pain is sharp and shooting for a few days, um, I would suggest maybe uh, backing off of the things that are causing it to really start, um, that are really aggravating it. So if running is aggravating it, Um, I would maybe back off the mileage or the intensity a little bit you know I'm not not telling you to stop completely but sometimes if you just reduce the intensity or the strain that's going on those muscles and those structures then it allows them to heal a little bit so you know do the things that feel good that don't aggravate it like cycling or maybe get in the pool um, and maybe reduce the intensity of the things that are making it act up so hopefully that helps Stacey Um, let me know if you have any other questions okay so next question, Amanda Hinkle says, "How do I get my glutes to fire consistently? My left doesn't want to turn on." Um, and I think we've talked about this um, in the group a little bit before, but and I've actually posted something about this. I think this week. I don't believe that there really is such thing as like dead butt or glutes not firing. Um, if your glutes weren't firing, you would have a lot of trouble standing. Um, you know if they weren't firing at all you you see people after a stroke that their glutes aren't firing and, and they appear to have like a really messed up gait pattern um, you know a lot of times they have to use crutches or a wheelchair uh, walkers things like that you know if if your glutes aren't firing um, that's a real medical emergency or a real medical issue so I think it, it, there for a while it was kind of like cool for everybody for PTs and, and, uh, healthcare providers to say that the glutes weren't firing. Um, however, I think more, more of it is going to be come down to weakness than anything else. Um, you say your left one doesn't want to turn on. I wonder what would make you say that, you know, what makes you say that it doesn't want to turn on. Um, if it doesn't appear to be as strong, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's not turning on. It just means that maybe we need to work on single leg strength training. So I suggest doing um, squats. So um, squats in a mirror to make sure that you're, you're squatting symmetrically. You're not leaning to one side or the other. Because a lot of people like to sort of lean away from the side that hurts. Um, so squatting, uh, doing wall sits against, you know, against the wall or using a ball. Um, and then progressing from squats to, um, something more challenging for that single leg, such as like a, uh, either a Bulgarian split squat or a lunge, uh, Or a reverse lunge is really good at kind of replicating a single leg squat. So that'll really get that glute going. Um, if those exercises aren't, um, or if, sorry, if those exercises are too challenging, um, I would maybe suggest doing something a little bit more basic, like uh, laying on your back and doing a bridge, which is where you have your arms across your chest and lift your butt up, okay? Um, If you can do it for a couple of seconds, uh, maybe try holding it for five to 10 seconds um, and then going back down and then trying to do maybe um, single leg uh, glute bridges. So if you have more questions about how to do those, we can talk about it. but uh this sounds like something that might be more than just your glutes not firing Um, so hopefully that makes some sense Um, let me know if you have questions about that amanda Uh, thanks for asking your question so uh ryan wisely or weasley probably wisely said um i asked a physio today or i've seen a physio today i was diagnosed with tendonitis i have been told to do four different stretches then 15 dips three sets then increase my dips and do them one foot each. Then with light weights over time, ice each Achilles for 15 minutes, wait one hour, then ice again for 15 minutes. I have to do this once a day, max of three days with one week off, then repeat. Recovery time a few weeks, but he thinks will we'll obviously monitor my progress. Any tips or suggestions are welcome. Um, yeah. I try it, Ryan, you know, see what you think. Uh, you know, someone that's done a, an assessment of you is going to have a better idea of what you need to do and what your sort of physical impairments are. And I hate to say the word physical impairments, but, um, just the areas that need work, you know, they're going to know. So trust them and see kind of how it goes. You know, every PT is going to treat differently, just like every, uh, Police officer does their job differently. Every doctor does their job differently. So, you know, it's, if they've had success doing it this way in the past, I would give it a shot, see what happens. Um, let us know how it goes. Um, if you have any specific questions about things, if it, if it turns out that it's not working, um, you know, I'm here to answer questions that way. Um, but I would suggest being as open with the PT as possible, you know. And the other thing with, with tendonitis, Achilles tendinopathy, is that it is a slow process so be patient you know if you're not getting results right away I would suggest uh, you know giving it time giving it patience uh give, giving your PT um, sort of the the time to help you with that because it, it can be tricky to treat Achilles tendinopathy if it truly is so um, hopefully that answers your question Ryan and uh, thank you for leaving that question there uh, Christopher Bruce Scotto, hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly, um, asks, what are some of the key determining attributes patients have that determine a good versus poor outcome with physical therapy? That's a great question. Um, So I I imagine we're coming from the point, the perspective of a patient. So what are the key determining attributes patients have? That determine a good versus poor outcome. So maybe I'm not sure if you're a PT coming from this question, but there are you know we could go from a couple different angles here. But as a as a patient looking at a physical therapist, I would say um, you know ask people who have worked with this person, you know ask people who've worked who have gone through therapy in this clinic, you know what what their experiences has been like, um, you know how thorough are their investing or their, uh, evaluations? You know, do, do they feel, do you feel like they're really listening to you when they're doing the evaluations? Um, or are they just kind of asking you a question and looking around and seeing other people at the same time, not really paying attention, or are they actually trying to dig and, and get into the sort of the meat and the potatoes of your, of your, um, issues, you know, are they doing a thorough strength assessment? Are they looking at your running shoes and your running history? Are they getting you on a treadmill and seeing how you run? Um, you know, those are kind of the things that I would say are probably uh, things that you'll find in a good physical therapist with running, you know, in, in treating running injuries. Um, so, on the other side of the coin, uh, what are some key determining attributes that patients have? Um, I would say if a patient is consistently doing their, you know, their homework, basically, um, that's going to be good. Obviously if they come in and and you, you can tell that they actually care about what you're saying, they're not trying to necessarily, um, lead their own care or dictate their own care. I would say that's a good thing. Um, people who, have gone from one therapist to another to another to another oftentimes you'll find that they're just searching for their their answer that they already have in their head Um, you know it's not necessarily what you want sometimes it is an indicator that they've just had bad PT you know or bad um, for you know things out of their control let's say so I wouldn't say that's like the only thing to look at but um, you know patients that are consistently coming in consistently doing their work um you know they're asking questions they're calling with questions those are good things to show that they're sort of interested in what they're doing and they're 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 actually there to get better um and and as a therapist you can really tell the, the ones who do care and who are invested in their care and the ones who don't um Sometimes the ones who really, really complain about the $20 copay, you know, that's, that's not usually a good sign that they're invested in their health. Um, so, you know, that's just one small piece of it, obviously, and it's um, not something we have to go into too much. But really, this is something that I could talk about for an entire podcast. So um, I'm not sure if you're coming at this from a PT perspective or a patient perspective, but hopefully they answer some of your questions, some of your question there, um, Christopher, Chris. So thank you for leaving that question. Um, Jeanette Marie says, Cameron, a patient at the surgery or the surgeon, surgeon office I work at, a weightlifter is on an anticoagulant medication because he had a DVT in his arm. Apparently he had a tight band on his arm whilst weightlifting. He was a young guy and I was surprised someone his age with no risk factors had a DVT. So I asked about his history. Now I read this, not, Uh, having heard of it before, I wonder if he was doing BFR. Um, It's possible that he was Jeanette. And and for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, BFR is blood flow restriction training. And we had just done a podcast. Actually, it was the last episode on BFR and kind of what we had talked about is the benefits of it and how blood flow restriction training can give you results of weightlifting, heavy weights, with only doing, um, lightweights. So it's less strain on the joints, less strain on the muscles, but it encourages improved, um, blood flow and improved, uh, uh, muscle growth factors. As far as my understanding of how it works, um, Dr. Eric may is sort of the guy who does a lot of that for us right now. So, um, it's possible that it, that he got a DVT in his arm because of it. Now, what happens is When people don't do it properly, when they do just put a band on about as tight as they can and hold it and keep it on there, uh, without allowing some blood flow, because you still want some blood flow. Um, you don't want blood just sitting in your, you know, in your extremity and not being allowed to leave, um, because that is asking for a a DVT. So you really want to do, if you're doing BFR, you really want to know about the cuffs that you're using about the the straps that you're using um because you want to know exactly what percentage of occlusion is appropriate for you Um, and i would suggest getting a doctor's permission first you know if you have a history of of um, having high platelet count or uh, blood pressure issues or um, high uh, red blood cell count anything that can lead to increased risk of dvt um, I would say, you know, definitely get a physician's clearance before doing something like that. But certainly, if you have it on long enough um, for too long at a uh, too being, while it being too tight, you can certainly increase your risk of DVT. So, um, if you do, for those of you who, who are interested in trying this, um, it, it is very low, it's very rare that someone gets a DVT from this, um, especially if they're doing it properly. So, Um, I would say that's probably very rare, Um, and it's possible that he had heard about it but didn't really know how exactly how tight to have it and how long to have it on. Um, It's probably what led to that. So it's possible he was doing BFR, Jeanette, but if you find out more, certainly let us know. I'm interested to hear what happens. So thank you for leaving that comment. Um, So next question, Brooke Murphy says, after three and a half months of not running, Going to four different chiropractors slash sports medicine doctors and numerous other exercises to help my back and hip. I think my running days are over. What do you do when you can't run anymore? I have been running for almost half my life and I feel so lost without it. So this is a tough one, Brooke. And I believe you left this message about one minute before I started recording this podcast and I felt I just had to get it on here Um, because I think that you're not the only one that's feeling this way. There are 1,600 people almost in this group, Um, and many of the people in this group are going through similar things, similar struggles, because they're unable to run the way that they want, so I would just really encourage you to hang in there, okay, so you've tried four different chiropractors and sports medicine doctors, I don't know if that includes physical therapists or not, um... Because, you know, just because you've gone to those four people doesn't mean that you can't get better with conservative treatment. Um, You just have to find the right one. So I would really do your research. Um, I would love to talk to you and see who you've been to, what you've tried. Um, Because, you know, for every hundred PTs or every hundred chiropractors, there's probably... 10 to 15 that specialize in running you know maybe less um and so they're not going to necessarily know exactly how to how to get you back to where you want to go you know they might be able to help you um get out of pain uh into your regular everyday activities and many regular you know normal pts who don't specialize may even be able to get you back to running without problems um just because similar principles apply from physical therapy and the rehab setting as applied to or towards returning a runner to running Um, however if it's not been helping what you're doing i would do your research really call around the area you know see what other runners are are doing see who they've had success working with um you know and if they really don't have a good answer you know reach out to me If I'm not sure what area you're at, you're in, but um, I have a pretty good network of runners across the globe there. So, um, you know, I might be able to reach out and see who's who's um, in your area that might be able to help or do a quick Google search and see what I think um, in terms of your area. Um, And if nothing else, you know, we can always set up a coaching call. I love doing that. Love, you know. I'm not gonna be able to do physical therapy for you over the internet um, but we can certainly talk about what's bothering you and talk about what you know what you're struggling with and what you might try Um, so yeah reach out to me if you're interested in doing that or we also have the uh, resilient runners solution to hip pain that's going to be released here in the next couple of weeks as well so um let me know if that's something you're interested in i just feel for you there brooke um you've been running for almost half your life you say And I think it's just so defeating when you feel like you've tried everything and you're just not getting the results that you want and you feel like it's time to give up. But I can tell you that I've heard that story so many times, both in my clinic as a physical therapist and on this, in this running injury support group from people who felt that they basically had no chance of getting back into it. And they do actually end up finding the solution. They do end up getting back into running. So sometimes it just takes time, it takes patience, it takes resiliency, it, you know, it takes perseverance. Don't give up, okay? There are people that, you know take some years to get back into the way that they want to be. Um, the body isn't I mean it's not perfect, you know And, and certainly as medical professionals, we're not perfect. You know, so they're doing their best, I'm sure, and they've done their best to help you. But within their knowledge, maybe they just didn't have what what you needed to get where you want to go. So I would recommend um, doing some research and seeing, you know, if there's someone else out there who might help you. And if you haven't seen a physical therapist, for God's sake, get in to see a PT or a physio um, and really follow those instructions to a T. You know, whatever it is they recommend you do, follow it to a T. So hopefully that gives you some encouragement, Brooke. I really believe that there's there's hope for you um, just because of how many people I've seen that are in the same situation as you that do actually return to running. So hang in there, keep your head up, and if you want to talk, this is the perfect place for you to talk is in this group here. So many wonderful people and so much encouragement coming from this group. I absolutely love it. So um, hopefully that helps you out a little bit there, Brooke. So... Uh, Next question, uh, Lori uh, Heinzelman Craig, who I think has been a longtime member of this group, says, what are your thoughts on HA or orthovisc, synvisc injections for arthritic cartilage-damaged knees? Um, That's a good question, Uh, Lori. I would suggest that anything where you're putting something into your body, um, especially into a joint, Is something that is maybe the next step after trying physical therapy so it depends if you have tried physical therapy from multiple providers you may then try to do some sort of injection like that Um, I have not known these things to be miracle cures Um, I don't think there is such thing as a miracle cure for most um, running injuries uh, exercise actually is probably the closest thing I've seen to a miracle drug or a miracle cure for most musculoskeletal conditions. However, you can't reverse arthritis, so it is it can be tricky. Um, steroid, in, steroid injections are typically going to be fairly um, short-term in terms of their effectiveness, uh, but these orthovisc and synvis injections, uh, these different types of injections which have sort of uh, uh, Put this lubricant or this this artificial uh, padding sort of um, to replace uh, or to supplement the cartilage can be helpful in some people and in others um, see no change. So um, if you've already tried physical therapy from multiple different places and you really trust that you know that you've given that your best shot, I would say you probably are okay there to try that. Um, before, especially before doing any sort of um, surgery or any sort of uh, knee replacement or anything like that. So um, So I guess the, my answer is it depends. you know, it depends on the person, depends on what you've tried. Um, but give it a shot. you know if, if you've tried everything else and, and I don't think that I've seen any horrible, horrible um, incidents involving this. I haven't seen anyone where it's made it dramatically worse. Or anything like that. Um, now, steroid, steroid injections are, are different. You know, I've definitely seen situations where those have gotten steroid. Steroid injections have made things worse. Um, however, this type of thing, you probably will be safe. Um, so, hopefully, that answers your question. That actually this concludes our question and answer podcast episode here. I don't have any other questions. Um, if you are tuning in and you're not a member of the running injury support group, it is absolutely free. 100% free. I'm a doctor, physical therapy and running specialist. So I do go in and we do have other, uh, running specialists in the group, chiropractors, surgeons, personal trainers, physical therapists, um, other runners who are in there who have dealt with running injuries, who can help you to find your way back um, and do what's best for you in order to get back to running. Um, And as mentioned before, um, we do have the uh, online coaching calls, which are video calls with myself um, in order to help you sort of figure out what's going on. And like I said, it's not physical therapy. I'm not putting my hands on anyone. Um, And I'm not prescribing treatment, but oftentimes you can come to the you can find out exactly what's going on based on someone's training protocol or their training program um, or um, just by kind of talking to people and finding out exactly what what they're doing so uh, it's by no means a miracle here however it has helped dozens of people already in the last uh, few months so um, we have that and keep your eyes open for the resilient runner solution to ankle pain foot pain hip pain and knee pain, which will be coming out soon here shortly in the next couple of weeks um, as the website is becoming complete and the programs will get up and running. So um, if you do have any other questions, feel free to post them in the running or injury support group. Once again, this is Dr. Cameron Dennis, physical therapist with Back on Track Therapy and Wellness out in Wapakoneta, Ohio. And I appreciate you listening. Thank you very much and take care. Thanks for listening to the Back on Track Running Podcast. We truly appreciate your support. Our mission is to help 1 million runners to avoid unnecessary surgery and get back to running pain-free. We offer free online resources and paid online injury consultation and run coaching to those interested in taking their running to the next level. Visit backontracktherapy.com for more details. Once again, this is Dr. Cameron Dennis, physical therapist and running specialist.